I guess I imagine Chippendale. And isn't Dale the little fat chipmunk? I think all the chipmunks are the same size. Okay, well, my point is, is that I don't agree with you. Hey guys, I'm Alon. And this is David, and welcome to I Finally Watched, where today I finally watched Tucker and Dale versus Evil. So when I first came upon this movie, David, I, uh, I think I was in college, and it just was one of those things that showed up on Netflix, and you know, the genre was like horror comedy. And I'm like, all right, that's kind of hard to do. Let's see. Let's see if they, you know, they did it pretty good. I watched it. I was like, oh, this is kind of like, this is pretty clever. And then I was like in someone else's dorm and I was like, oh, I got to show you a movie. And they were like the least interested people (laughs) in it ever. I was like, oh, that's kind of, kind of a waste. And then now you are the second person uh, I've showed this movie too. You you seem a bit more interested in this movie. Uh, yeah, I think we talked about uh, on a previous episode how both of us love Alan Tudyk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't imagine, you know, it's easy in a lot of movies to be like how I can't imagine anyone else playing a role. But I really don't know who else you could get to do this part because he's perfect in it. Because... Um, What I love about this movie is it's completely like kind of farcical and just like the plot is like very like you can see everything coming a mile away and the deaths are just like really like kind of unrealistic and having said all that I still love it because they play the movie so straight they take it so seriously something that's clearly not yeah. And having Alan Tudyk as kind of the lead role along with the guy that plays um Tucker. Uh Dale. Ty- Oh fuck. I I literally tried to do it correct. And this is something we'll talk about later, but I keep getting their names mixed up. Um Tyler Labine plays Dale. Yeah. Um but the those two play this so realistically for something that like I said is so kind of such a farce. Yeah, well, um, yeah, you're right. They play it completely straight in in a sort of way where all the other characters seem nonsensical. Like, they seem like the most grounded of all the characters. Right, and then, you know, we talk about how in horror you have, especially in Scream, you have these, like, archetypal characters that are, you know, the sheriff that is like seen too much. And then, you know, this, like they play on those things really well in this movie. Um, the only character that was sort of a little out there for me was the main, um, the main college kid who kind of becomes Rambo in the jungle, basically like trying to attack these guys, although I guess less successful, but um, the guy that plays Chad. Right. His character, and it sort of makes sense in the end, but his character throughout makes almost no sense to me. <laughs> Which I, I, ex- he he reminded me of of um, uh, Bobby from Scream. Uh, was it Billy from Scream or is it Bobby from Scary Movie? It's Bobby from Scary Movie, Billy from Scream, um, or vice well, versa. Which, I don't even know at this point. Well, which um, one does which one does he remind you of? both no but it's it's funny how he went from zero to a hundred pretty fast but 
it's kind of like if you're not in that stereotype of being a frat boy, I guess, which is kind of the, um, the archetype he fell into. Um, it, he was honestly, I think, one of my favorite characters just because I felt like he got the plot going when it could have just been kind of dead. Um, and especially in the uh, where, where they all sit down and just talk over tea. I love that scene. Right. Also, and for this story to work and for a horror movie in general to work, you have to kind of have this antagonist evil character who is, you know, doing things that don't really make sense to normal people, you know, like Jason killing people or, you know, Freddy, things like that. And so if you're going to just have these group of college kids be the antagonist or the protagonist from their point of view, you kind of need the Chad character to carry out the horror, to right. like carry out, to tell these people to attack these hillbillies. And so they, they have these very comedically timed deaths. Right. And I think they do a pretty good job of, in a movie that's not very serious, of explaining why he is the way he is in the end and why it makes sense that he goes from zero to 100. Sure. No, no, no. You're, you're right. But the thing that really gets me and the reason he reminds me of Billy Bobby from Scream and Scary Movie is because you don't know his motivation. And then at the end, just like the end of those two movies, it kind of just lays it all out there for you. Um, it's like, oh, it's not. It's, we, it's just psycho. No motive. Except for the fact that, you know, your mom slept with my dad and caused my mom to leave. You know, like that whole thing. It's like, oh, okay. we're not. We're not doing Scream and Scary Movie again. And um, no, but, you know, it's the same, it's the same archetype in a way. Um, but because this movie is so satirical, it flips it on its head uh, in a way that I really like to see that kind of character, that kind of <laughs> Chad character flipped on its head. I really thought it was funny that I don't know if 10 years ago, if Chad had like the same meaning behind it as like just a douchebag with a popped collar. Right but here you have a Chad with the back of his collar popped yep. and being a complete douchebag who like starts shouting the name of his fraternity in the car ride up to, you know, the woods. Well, what I really like is like, if you look at all the group, the, the college friends, um, every guy is like a different stereotype from a different class of college, I guess. Like you have the jock, and then you have the nerdy guy, and then you have the wimp. And it's like, how are these people all friends? Like, honestly. Which one was the jock? Chad, I guess, would be the jock. Oh, okay. And then you have, like, the wimpy guy who is like... <laughs> I will say, a lot of the funny moments happen when no one is dying. Like, a lot of the conversations that Tucker and Dale have between each other, or, like, two of the characters have between each other, I feel like that's where the comedy most strives in um, when they're all around the bonfire and like one guy comes out of the woods and he's like, Hey, there's a lake back there. It's like nine and uh, nine at 10 at night. He's like, Hey, there's a lake back there. Let's go skinny dipping. And the, one of the guys just looks up at him and he's like, yeah, I'd love that. Like just like comedy beats like that. It just hits it really well. Well, and then right after that you have like the big breasted blonde 
our, you know, archetypal character who <laughs> she's running into the lake naked and then she's like, I love camping. <laughs> yeah. like, this is what camping is. Yeah, there's just like these one-liners that are kind of fit between the action and it's like, I think that's what really makes this movie, the writing really makes the movie different from like, I don't know, scary movie was good, but like epic movie or scary movie four, you, you know what I mean? Like kind of worn out satire. And this felt kind of fresh. Well, yeah, um, but I mean, there's like, I think there's like a clear line of demarcation between those movies and this, right? Like the first two scary movies are written by like the Waynes brothers mm -hmm. and they're clearly above all of these rest of the movies that come after it that are just sort of churned out. You know what I mean? And some of them might be funny, but like this is written. I don't, I'm not very familiar with Eli Craig who wrote it, but you can just tell like time was put into this and this like thought was put into this. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I noticed, I started watching a little bit of it again is so throughout the movie, Allie is this character that is with the college kids, but sort of, you know, Dale kind of falls for her. And, you know, as, as they're talking more and more, you kind of see like, oh, she's not like the rest of these college kids. Like she grew up on a farm, so she knows how to work. And she like doesn't right. judge, doesn't judge these characters. And as they're setting that up, uh, you know, I was like, oh, that's kind of, oh, they, you know, you have this character, whatever that's, oh, she's different than what you would assume. But one thing I noticed in the beginning when you're still not sure about Dale and Tucker, as the college kids are driving down the road and getting passed by Dale and Tucker, all the college kids freak out. But if you look at Allie, who is that character that kind of falls for Dale later on, she's just looking over normally like, oh, these are just two guys who are off, you know, driving down the road. Like, why, why should we be scared by them? So I thought that was kind of interesting that like this type of movie planting these seeds that like 90% of the people aren't going to catch when they're watching it, I think mm -hmm. is, it just shows like a level of care for this movie that you don't get with Scary Movie 7. <laughs> yeah, no, epic, I, epic movie. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Um, one of the things that I'm, I wasn't, I didn't feel like the movie did greatly was the death scenes of each college kid. Because when they started dying one by one throughout the movie, they were um, less creative of deaths than I would have liked to see. Uh, so the, the fact that that impaling by a stick uh, a couple of times. Yeah, impaling by a stick happened twice in a row. And then, which both of those characters literally ran into their own demise. And then you have the third character who wasn't impaled by the stick but he ran into a wood chipper. So there was like a lot of like tripping and running and stuff like that, which, yeah, I get like that does happen a lot in a, in a horror movie, uh, like a slasher film, but I would have liked to seen a little bit more creativity in that. I did like how the sheriff died. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. I, when the first death happened too, it was so unexpected though. Because I came into this, I knew about the movie, but I had no idea, you know, the tone of it. You told me it was a comedy horror. Yeah. But that, you know, it's hard to tell what, what side of the spectrum that's going to be on more horror, more comedy. And well, so we, the talk, we talked about that in Scream, like the kind of, you know, is it 50-50 or does it go on one angle or on the other? And now I'm kind of like regretting telling you anything because I... 
it would have been kind of fun for you to find out naturally. Throughout the beginning, you have kind of just these comedy elements of the hillbillies, Tucker and Dale, trying to interact with these college kids and the college kids getting freaked out. But the moment the first college kids runs, college kid runs into the spear that is like the tr- dead tree that is on the ground and like impales himself. I was like, oh shit. Like, th- so this is where this movie is headed. You know what I mean? Like it's, it kind of right. set the movie off to me in, in like a totally different direction. Cause like the beginning scene with the reporter and the cameraman, you know what I mean? Like you don't really see anything. And like you hear a thud of the cameraman getting hit and then he falls and there's like a ton of blood, which is like really kind of almost fake looking because of like how quickly the blood spilled all over him. But I think the first death really sets off like, oh, okay, this is, this is what this movie is going to be now. Well, it's not a scary movie. Like there's not a single moment in the movie that anyone should be scared. But where the horror comes in, apart from it making fun, you know, it being a satire of the horror genre, is the gore, I would say. If there's a lot of gore, they don't really like cover any of that up. I mean, people get stabbed and shot and impaled and you see all of it um and i think when you kind of have you know we're going to be doing Shaun of the dead upcoming and you kind of have that same element to it too and when you have that kind of like oh it's so in your face like oh it's it's a comedy and it's gory it for me at least that gives you a moment where you can really like sit back and just really enjoy this movie. Right too. But the gory, you know, normally the type of horror horror movie that has like a lot of gore in it, I don't appreciate, but this was so over the top and that they didn't really show you. I think the worst thing they show you is kind of the spikes coming through the sheriff's face, but there's no like blood. There's no open wounds where you can see like something inside. And then even when the college kid, what are you forgetting about the the wood chipper well i'll I'll talk about it okay and then with the other kid who you know drives his dad's car shooting himself in the head you just sort of see the blood spatter and you never really see anything else the wood chipper you see the fakest blood in the world gets shot out on the blonde girl's face (laughs) yeah but you see legs getting pulled out. That's like one of comedically the, the, the best moments to me when like Alan Tudyk is like trying to pull the legs back out and like finally kind of gets it to stop chipping this body up. He's like, are you okay? Yeah. And then he's so worried. He's like, man, I hope like Lowe's or I forget what he said. Home Depot is like <laughs> easy on the <laughs> rental. Didn't charge me for this. Um, well, yeah. And, and, For me, I actually, I thought they were brothers the whole time, Tucker and Dale. And it turns out they were just like best friends, like childhood friends. Um, But their relationship, I really appreciate because they gave these elements to these characters. Like, yeah, Tucker, uh, played by Alan Tedek, is the smartest of the two. And Dale is kind of the dumb, oblivious one. But they give Alan these moments where it's like, oh, Alan, uh, sorry, Tucker. They give, they give Tucker these moments where it's like, oh, he's pretty stupid. And then Dale has this like perfect photographic memory, which is, and you know, him and Allie kind of share a sweet moment over a trivial pursuit about that. 
Um, but for being such like an off the wall comedy, their relationship, and then as it develops, Dale and Allie's relationship, there's some like really sweet moments in that. Right, and I think it'd be better. It'd be like more accurate to describe it to where Dale is more book smart, and he's you know he says he's memorized kind of everything he's ever read or heard, and Tucker is more kind of street smart maybe you know backwoods smart you know wise to kind of the way the world works and i i think they do a great job of kind of ex, you know it's an hour and 25 minute movie but it kind of exploring that relationship along with the gore about how um tucker is always trying to kind of lift dale up like oh you can go talk to that girl you can do whatever you want you can you know you shouldn't be limited you shouldn't have this doubt that you seem to have about yourself but then at the same time, like, well, no, the last beer is mine. And, oh, no, we go fishing. I didn't know you like didn't like fishing, but we're still going to go fishing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. they have, like, kind of a cool relationship that's not – it's not two-dimensional where it's just one way or the other. Like, they, they did a decent job of developing, developing it in a limited amount of time. Well, what I really like about the movie as a whole is that the theme of the movie is really don't judge a book by its cover and being a satirical horror comedy it's so easy to have that theme where um you know kind of kind of it kind of reminds me of scooby-doo in a way where you finally pull the mask off the villain and it's like old mr jenkins and it's like whoever expected him right so it's like okay you have these backwood hillbillies that are holding sickles and laughing maniacally or, you know, just at the wrong place at the wrong time. And yeah, by like anyone's standards, they're like, oh, they're, you know, bad. But the whole movie is about how uh, if you give someone a chance, you know, it's, they, they're not what they seem. And I really love how strong this movie is in that, you know, it does that with every character. It does that with Allie and it does that with Chad. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um... And I think you could maybe say that this this movie kind of falls into that trap. I mean, it's 10 years ago at this point, but of like that, you know how they make fun of like King of Queens for, you know, you have this unattractive guy that gets this like really hot wife or this really hot girl. And like you point that out in like shows all the time in movies and this kind of falls into that. But they at least do a good job of explaining like why that's possible in this, in this scenario. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't just say, oh, this is how it worked out. They make it at least somewhat believable. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I mean, I still think that she's way too hot for him, but you know, that's just me. Absolutely. Um, but you know, their relationship, they develop it in this kind of this sweet way. Um, I, what, what's your favorite, like funny moment in the movie or moment in general? I mean, I think I said the wood chipper is probably my favorite part, but then that leads into the cop showing up. Mm -hmm. And um, this is kind of like a perfect exemplification of like the relationship between Dale and Tucker and how Dale doesn't have like necessarily like street smarts or the ability to deal with people, you know, explain to the cop, like the Tucker's like, Oh, we can't just, tell people you know tell them that these college kids are murdering themselves on my property like no one's going to believe that and then 
as the cop is like asking them questions, he's like, oh, well, they're probably coming to get their friend uh, who's in our, in our house. And the, and the cop's like, why do you have a friend in our house? Like, oh, I knocked her out with a shovel. And, and Tucker's just like, I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I mean, she's in my bedroom right now. <laughs> it's, it's just, well, it's kind of the whole like, you know, oh, you got to turn the safety off. Like, yeah, it's just this uh, naivety that comes with, with uh, <laughs> trying to, I guess, trying to help everyone. He's, he's always trying to give the most information and always trying to help people. Um, for me, my favorite scene is when Allie sits Chad and, and Dale down at the table and she's like, All right, we're going to talk about our feelings. Um, so you go on from your perspective on like what, what you notice from your perspective and uh, you, you know, say your side of the story and each really try to imagine each other in uh, each other's shoes. And Chad breaks into this like long backstory monologue <laughs> about his parents and and why he hates hillbillies so much and then um you know one thing happens and another and the the cabin blows up or you know it catches on fire no it does right it blows up eventually yeah yeah and you know tucker dale and Allie are all standing outside and Allie just goes i'm the worst therapist i just i love that part well, what's really funny too is they they do a good job of like hitting you over the head with like what they're trying to go for story wise. Because uh-huh. um, Allie in the beginning when she's uh, playing Trivial Pursuit, I guess they just call it trivia. Maybe they didn't want to deal with the rights to saying Trivial Pursuit in the movie, but right um, when they're playing that, and she's like, "Oh, I want to," you know, "I want to be a psychologist." She's like, "I want to help people." And he's like, "Oh, well, what exactly do you want to do with that?" And she's like, "I, um, you know, all of the major problems in the world are caused by a lack of communication," and like that's this entire movie. Yeah. And even in that scene where she's trying to get, she is kind of the worst therapist because, like, you just need to explain like the situation that has occurred right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have them sitting down. Like for the first time, they're not trying to kill each other and you have a moment and you don't even, you're just like, you know, uh, Chad goes like, oh, I, you know, get this into this long diatribe about his parents. And then uh, Dale just starts talking about other random stuff about why, you know, I guess why you shouldn't hate hillbillies. I, I don't even remember his part because it just has nothing to do with the fact that <laughs> right. They didn't kill any of these kids and that they saved Allie's life. Like it, it just, yeah. that's what you needed to get across. Not that it would have mattered. And it, these, these type of movies where it's just like, if two people had talked or if like a text message had been sent, you know what I mean? Like that you could, you could end the, dis, the, the miscommunication like so easily, usually like just bother me so much, but obviously in like something that's this funny, you know, you let it go. The, the, the like common mistakes everyone makes in horror movies are like really made fun of here. Like um, when I, I don't know her name, but the, the bimbo blonde character who was like, I can't, I can't call anyone out here on my phone. And Chad just takes the phone out of her hand and just like smashes it on a rock. And he's like, we don't need to call anyone out here. And they're like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why did you just smash her phone? Well, no, that's, and that sort of plays into the, the development of Chad at the end. I do, I do really like with his character, 
how you sort of see him in the beginning of the movie and you don't know that that's him until I guess it's each person's going to probably figure that out in their own time. And then obviously once his face gets burned off in the cabin, you like, obviously like, okay, that was that guy in the beginning. But I do like the kind of like cyclical nature of the movie, you know, starting and then going back three days and then like, you know, just how, how they tell the story. Yeah. When I, uh, it's been a while. I mean, it's been like, I don't know, four, six, seven years since I've seen this movie, but the beginning with the news reporter, I was completely lost. I totally forgot how it played back. And so when it did show, you know, Chad, what we know as Chad in, in the movie, um, I was so confused. I was like, what, what is this part about? And then it was like three, was it three years later or three years earlier? Three days earlier. Is it three days? Yeah. Oh crap. Okay. So it's three days. Because the news reporter in the beginning, they show her at the very end, like outside. She's the one that's explaining like, oh, what we thought was suicides is actually like a mass murderer who's still on the loose. No, I understand. Yeah, no, I understand that. But when we see her at the end, they're like completely like the whole place is surrounded by cops. So I just thought like, it's fine. What I also liked about the movie is, and I was, you know, talking about how when the first college kid dies that really like sets the tone but i thought also when tucker was captured by chad and the others and strung up and you're like oh okay this is this is a little bit different than that how i thought this would have played out and then you hear just like the chopping noise of something and you know tucker screaming right. i was like oh wow that is really like it was very unexpected the way the story played out and then from that point to having them sit down at, at the table, what I think is kind of funny is how like understanding Tucker and Dale are <laughs> and how willing to like bury the hatchet, pun yeah. intended, like yeah. to like not continue the violence. Whereas the college kids maybe unknowingly or not, really understanding the situation are the ones who are perpetuating the violence especially chad right well the the black guy and the blonde girl show up during that whole meeting um around the table and they're looking in and they're like oh they look calm and then one of them is like no they're captured they're trapped we got to go in there and save him and i i forget quite how the fire gets started but the fact that the blonde girl throws turpentine all on the fire, thinking it would, you know, douse the flames, but in fact it just sets the whole freaking place on fire. Um, Especially how calm, how calm Tucker and Dale to the side are like, oh no, don't do that. Oh no, why are you doing that? Get away from the curtains. I also like how the 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 black guy comes in with the weed whacker. Oh yeah. Just- goes at tucker and he just ducks out of the way so easily like that keeps happening and just hits the 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 black girl in the face yeah um like the the deaths are very as we were talking about earlier they're very just like obviously avoidable and so in that aspect you could maybe like quibble with it but this is a movie that i guess you got to suspend those normal type of like the normal way you would watch a movie and be like, oh, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Because it's so funny and because it's just 
it's it's a parody almost you know what i mean it's right well at that point it's not really about the depths like they basically take 45 to you know 55 minutes killing what two three of the characters oh four if you count the sheriff and then in like three minutes they kill you know three of the or yeah three of the main character or three of the college kids um because at that point you realize oh it's not about the deaths and it's not about the college kids it's really about tucker and dale versus chad it's not about how they die but it their deaths definitely set up the scene for the i guess you would call it the final fight right the other thing that deaths do is they're clearly like besides the first one a little bit but the first three deaths are almost just in order of like how little these guys speak how like unimportant they are to the movie i mean you need you need extra bodies to die in order for this to be a horror movie um, and so just the deaths continue in this order of like, all right, well, you're next and then you have to be next. And then, all right, the guy who drives the truck, I guess you'll shoot yourself in the face because, you know, you're important, but you're not that important. We can get rid of you. We just need the the the, the guy, the two guys and the two girls, they'll be the last one standing, but then they'll probably kill themselves and then we'll just have Chad. Yeah, exactly. And um I mean, what it, you know, obviously what the deaths also do is point the fingers at Tucker and Dale for being, you know, psycho killers. But when I just thought it was so cool, the final fight between Dale and Chad, and I guess Allie was there too, um, is when Dale was getting prepped for the showdown and he's putting on all this like gear and he's like, you know, takes the chainsaw and puts on the, the welding helmet and he comes in, like kind of bust in the barn door, and Allie screams, and he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I was just trying to look intimidating." Did it work? <laughs> um, and uh, you know, they again falling in the same old uh, wheelhouse, pun intended, of like that saw, and Allie slowly moving towards the saw. And uh, Dale trying to free her before she gets chopped in half. And um, I don't know, like every step of the way, they mix these horror elements with these comedic elements um, almost flawlessly. Because even when they're fighting, there's just like funny crap being said that's like always reminding you, like, never take this movie too seriously. Well, even in the end when he, uh, you know, Dale is fighting Chad and he throws chamomile at him and then he's explaining to Allie like, oh, I just threw chamomile at him. As long as we get him his inhaler, though, he'll be fine. And then he falls like two stories out yeah. to what you think is maybe his death. But obviously this is like the evil bad guy. So that's not enough to kill him and he's going to go on. Well, um, like you like you said, they they sow these seeds throughout the movie that as long as you're paying attention to them, I mean, some are more obvious than others. Like you said, like, I think the least obvious one is Allie's reaction to their, to their just driving by. But you have the, the column in the cabin being loose with the nails introduced in the beginning and then paid off towards the end. And then you have the chamomile thing being introduced um, earlier and then paying off later. Yeah, the column one was so obvious that like, 
I think it was almost purposely obvious because they're like, there's no way to subtly do this thing with nails that is clearly going to kill someone later on. Right. Um, the only thing that it kind of not confused me, I guess more I thought they would have done a little differently is in the beginning, I thought they were going to play up that the Tucker and Dale were evil for a little bit longer. You know what I mean? For the audience. Like, obviously, the college right. kids think that. But I thought they were maybe, maybe for the audience going to make us think that they were bad. I, I like the direction it went in anyway. But that was like, as I was watching, I was like, oh, how long is this going to go on for? And then it ended up, like, oh, I thought that was going to go on a little longer. Well, I mean, I... I one i think at that point we needed to start rooting for them because if it went on longer then it's like you know who who do we really care about in this in this film ally i guess but you know the main characters being tucker and dale we kind of needed to root for them earlier and introducing that they're actually good guys earlier on um made one of my favorite scenes with the sickle and approaching them uh happen so i was i was pretty I was pretty happy it was it was that. The other thing too is towards the end of the movie, you know, we talk a lot about like tonally what makes sense. If Alan Tudyk had died in this, I would have probably been more pissed about his death than most I've seen in movies that have made me upset. Are you talking about when they kind of like faked his death when they like chopped off his fingers? Or are you talking about after in the car where you don't really know what I'm happened? I'm talking about the car wreck. Yeah, okay. that you leave him there. And he's telling Dale to go on and he's like, Oh, I'll be fine. But he looks like there's a lot of blood. I was just like, he better not die. I'm going to be so mad about this movie. I will like, that will ruin this movie for me if Alan Tudyk dies. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it kind of, when you see him in the hospital, like it's kind of this perspective, like he's watching the news story and you see him in the hospital and it's like, Oh, is it, is it Chad in the hospital? You know, it's kind of like that. You don't know who's quite in the hospital. Um, but then when you f find out it's him and he's alive and then he shows that his two fingers are like one of one of his missing fingers is his, but the other ones is clearly like the blonde girls um, that I guess got separated from her in the explosion. But I don't, yeah, it's just kind of this uh, tonally if he died, it would be, it would be sad, but I think because this whole movie is grounded in, tucker and dale's relationship with each other um it would like it would feel this movie wasn't ending properly unless they had like one last scene together um but i i do want to say like the reason we chose this movie because we were kind of on the fence of like all right we want to do a cabin in the woods you know teenagers in a forest sort of um review and we were going back and forth between Evil Dead or Cabin in the Woods, which I think Cabin in the Woods and at certain points, even Evil Dead would have fit well in this genre because both have a lot of comedic elements. But I'm, I feel like I've seen so many reviews of Cabin in the Woods and so many like people talking about Evil Dead but I don't see a lot of love for this movie. Yeah, I think Cabin in the Woods, the love for that movie is a little more mainstream. Uh, and Tucker, Tucker and Dale is a little bit more of like a cult thing where you, when you find people that love it, they really love it. Mm -hmm. um, Cabin in the Woods is also a little bit different in that on like the meter between 
horror and comedy. I think it's like much more in the horror. Right. Like it's like that is a scare, like not a scary movie, but that is like a gory movie for like the purposes of being a horror movie. To me, this is so, so different from a lot of other horror movies, comedy horror movies that I'm glad we chose this one and I'm glad you made me watch it. Now, having said that, there is one thing I want to bring up, and I brought it to you before we started. Uh-huh. I have to say it now. Yep. Their names should have been switched. I Alan don't Tudyk, agree with you. Alan Tudyk should have been Dale. Because having, having Tyler Labine, who's the actor, continuously say Dale, I just I keep thinking it's the other way around. I think Alan Tudyk should have been called Dale, and the more hillbillyish guy... The bigger guy should have been called Tucker. I don't know. Cause I feel like maybe it's just for people that I know, but I've known a lot of Tuckers and they were kind of like lean and tall guys. And then when I imagine Dale, I guess I imagine Chippendale and isn't Dale the little fat chipmunk. I think all the chipmunks are the same size. Okay. Well, my point is, is that I don't agree with you. Um, but I can respect your opinion. Also, what kind of evil do they verse? They don't really verse an evil unless Chad is the evil, but that's kind of generalized, isn't it? Well, Chad throughout the movie keeps calling them evil, right? She, he keeps saying to the rest of the, to the guys like, and girls like, oh, we need to deal with this evil. This is pure evil. Allie, these people are pure evil in here. And so I love like, when he's like super close to Tucker and he's like, I've never stood this close to evil before. Right. And so he keeps calling them evil, but in actuality, and when you find out like who his father is, he is the evil. But mm-hmm. r- really too, it's, it's actually just Dale versus evil. You know what I mean? With Tucker, like just getting like bee stung and getting his fingers chopped off and getting stabbed by chad like he's not doing a lot of helping in the fight versus evil Um, i mean a hundred percent dale is the main character i mean he goes through the biggest arc through the thing where he finally gets enough confidence at the at the end of the movie but i guess i guess and i guess this is just an allegory for you know them versus evil or trying to get away from the name of evil which like you said they've been called throughout this whole movie um and you know they're trying to get out from you know being called freaks and and you know the villains um yeah maybe the maybe the evil is bigotry and they're fighting against the preconceived notions of who they are as West Virginia hillbillies. Exactly. And it really ties nicely into the uh, whole theme of don't judge a book by its cover. Thank you, David. Right. And I think kind of as a way to end this, I don't believe, you know, I really enjoyed this movie and I'm glad you made, you made me watch it. And it's something that I will recommend to other people, ask other people if they've seen. And so I know you talked in the beginning about how you tried to show this to other people and you haven't showed it to anyone since because you didn't get the reaction you wanted. But right. I'm here to tell you, Alana, that those people were stupid and you should continue to recommend this movie to others because it's great. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, it is, it is really funny. Um, 
I think if people kind of give this movie a chance, like in the first, you know, five to 10 minutes, um, you can really fall in love with, with the story and these characters. And um, this is a movie I would definitely watch again. Like I could, I could definitely make this a tradition where I watch it every October or watch it every Halloween. Cause um, you know, like I've said many times this past week, I don't like horror, but and comedy and horror is a very hard thing to mix, but I think this movie does it really well. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is Alon. And this is David. And I Finally Watched Dale and Tucker versus Evil. It's Tucker. It's, it's Tucker and Dale. <laughs>